Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features Nathaniel Swan. Like the way that uh, Brother Murph talked about the beauty of the Holy Spirit, and uh, that's the Spirit of Christ. He comes in his beauty and gentleness and um just allows the flow of his grace to move upon us. And, you know, he came to bring forth sons and daughters of God and to unite everyone that would hear his voice into a beautiful bride. And that is still going on. From thousands of years ago to this very day, the Spirit of God is moving and tugging at our hearts. It just feels, you know, um, Brother Murr was saying how good it is to be in, together in person. You know, you, you can't duplicate that at all. I, I love Zoom. I love I love the fellowship that's on Zoom, but it's it's just not the same as when you're together and that anointing is just flowing and encouraging us. And um, I just like to um, talk talk, I guess, a bit about grace. And um, I think God's going to speak to us as He has uh, about unity and and about the beauty of just letting everything go and rolling it on to the Lord. I'm going to read in the Old Testament, which may seem a little odd, but um, it's in Zechariah. So in, in, uh, in Zechariah chapter uh, 4, you... Uh, this, this verse has been quoted, you know it really well. So Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now Zerubbabel, um, the wonderful thing about scripture is it's, it is full of type and shadow and, and, um, speaks to us not only in, in the words, but by the anointing and, and also by what makes up the word. Zerubbabel means, um, sown in Babylon or born in Babylon. What are we? <laughs> We're born in Babylon. And yet, Jesus came to bring us out. 
And to come out, you have to leave the old behind and embrace the new. That message is right through all of scripture. Put on the new man. They had a lot of discussion and arguing and debating about circumcision and uncircumcision. And Paul ends his scripture saying, neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything but a new man. That's the answer. So he goes on to say, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Well, we know who the headstone is, don't we? Amen. That's Jesus Christ. And God has chosen to deal with the mountain that is before us, our, that curse, that place which we've fallen. Not by power or might, but by grace. By the beauty of his spirit coming out from God himself and touching our hearts. <clears throat> well, I just want to say something that Grace and acceptance are not synonymous. Grace is not accept acceptance. Grace comes and the beauty of grace brings repentance. That's the fruit of grace. And And it, it, it changes our hearts. It ministers to our hearts. It, it's uh, stronger with some people, that experience of grace that brings salvation than it is with others. And, and sometimes it, it, I know with me, it, it, uh, I, I just didn't understand it. I just had this feeling come on me that I just needed to repent. And uh, I think for months and months, I I sing, uh, holy, holy is what the angels sing. I expect them to help them make the courts of heaven ring. But when... I sing Redemption's story. They just fold their wings and, and I, there was no rationale to it. But every time I sang that song, I sang it for months. I just start weeping and, and realize what God had done in my life. That experience of, of just rolling everything over on the Lord and, and leaving it there. That's sometimes uh, the hard part. But God, um, through Jesus Christ, gave us not only 
um, grace. Christ is grace. Christ is was God on the earth, walking that grace, that mercy, that gentleness, that love expressed to us is not only gave us salvation, it gave us a pattern. It gave us a way for us to face every mountain in our life. It gave us that way. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he meant just that. As Jesus dealt with everything, as he dealt even with his himself, and before God, as it says in Hebrews, offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And God wants to bring us to the place where we understand the suffering that Christ went through, not suffering on the cross, the suffering that he went through when he walked on earth, the earth that he created, you and me that he, that he created and saw the brokenness and saw the bondage and saw the, saw the strongholds that were in humanity's life and cried out to God for deliverance for his creation and offered himself as that payment. But yet as he, as he went to the cross, he saw that whole time period stretching out before him. And he said, Won't you let this cup pass from me? Isn't there another way? Is it going to have to be so long? Is it going to? Christ loved his creation so much. Christ loves his creation so much. Christ loves you so much. That just a small portion of his love it's far beyond any natural love we can have for anyone. And he's not only shared that love with us, but he's given us the opportunity to share it with each other. How he wants that grace to not just be accepted by us, but to pour from us to all those around us. Who is your brother? You don't know yet. Who is your neighbor? It's not what he said. All the laws contain that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and might and your neighbor as yourself. And they said, who, who's my these Pharisees and Sadducees said, who's, who is my neighbor? And he gave that wonderful 
parable of the Samaritan. And, and the Samaritan, knowing that the man he was stooping down to help despised him because he was a Jew and all the Jews despised Samaritans. Even though he knew that that man despised him, that all the Jews around him despised him, he gave himself to that man. That's a neighbor. We don't see that. We see people who, if they think they're despised or if someone has just a different opinion, and I'm not talking about worldly people, I mean Christians, they can lash out. We have uh, social media that gives you the opportunity to trash anybody you want. But the spirit of Christ is to reach out in grace and love and pray one for another. Because prayer changes things. Prayer will change the unchangeable. I know when I was up north and had been invited up into Park Valley when I was 15, uh, I don't think they thought there was a lot of hope for me. I remember Alma saying afterwards when I was at church, but we didn't think you'd make it be far, this far. We thought you'd be dead by now. But God does the impossible. And God will do the impossible for each of us. God can break every stronghold in your life. And, and it's not just you. It's, it's, it's being courageous enough to go with to someone and say, this is my stronghold. Will you pray with me? Will you be my prayer partner? Because God has called a group of people that will be more than family. That will just be as chapter 12 says, they will, they will sorrow when each one sorrows. They will, what does Paul say in Romans? To bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Don't, don't look around you and look at a person who's struggling and go, boy, I'll tell you, you know, I don't want to say I told you so. But bear their burden. Pray for them. Anyways, I'll just read Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. As we talk about all these things, we know that Ephesians says that we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. We're here today because of God's gift to us. Even if, even if we're in struggles today, even if we have bondages today, as 
our, we're, our brother was talking. God accepts us and wants us to just roll them over onto him. All, all the regret, all the guilt, all the, all the hurt, all the unforgiveness, everything that is impeding us. You just roll it off on the Lord and, and let it go. Ask him and ask your brother and sister to stand with you until it's all gone. Until it's all gone. For we which have believed to enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter in, Therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying, And David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear your vo- his voice, harden not your hearts. And that's the thing about grace. Grace is only profitable when it's accepted and when you repent. And if we want to be an example of grace and of a gracious people, we should be an example of a repented people. And people should see that in our hearts and lives. They should see that with every challenge, we repent before the Lord. <clears throat> I believe we're in a day when God is going to make tremendous changes in the church. When he's going to bring a church that's real. That will not have any facades. That will not in any way make people feel condemned. But at the same time, we'll bring them out of where they are into that new life. That's the atmosphere that that Paul talked about when he talked in chapter 14 about uh, the gifts of the Spirit, about prophecy, that when prophecy is moving the way it should, when the anointing is there and and that flow is there, then a, a stranger coming in can can hear his his whole life laid out before him, and he falls on his knees and confess, confesses that Jesus is Lord. Again, he limiteth a certain day in David's. Today, if it, 
after today, after so long a time, as it is written, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. There's many ways to harden your heart. You can harden your heart when someone uh, hurts you. Um, you can harden your heart when you don't feel capable or or able or when you feel that there's no hope. You can just harden your heart and say there's, there's no hope, there's no point. There's many ways to harden your heart, but the Holy Spirit is there to bring us from that into that place where there's not a stony heart in us anymore, just a heart of flesh, so his Holy Spirit can abide and tabernacle upon us. Here's, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Jesus has been around all over. Jesus was there with them, said that the rock that followed Israel was Christ, says in the scripture. Our brother David was talking about the tree of life being Jesus. I believe that. We sang that Jesus is life. He's light. That's Jesus. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. There is that beautiful spirit of grace that is flowing all around us. And and God wants us to yield to that grace. God wants us to just let everything go. Any, anything that's, that's not of that gentleness and meekness and sweetness of Christ. And he will, if we're willing, he will do that work in us. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is, is the anointed living word of God. That living word of God divides what is soulish from what is spiritual. That's what it's talking about. It, it can come when you're at home reading the word of God and you're looking to the Lord and you're, something's before you and you're facing something and you need some help. It can come when someone is ministering and, and maybe it's not even along the lines, but to you, 
it ministers to you and it fits your need because it's the anointing and you feel that need to let go of the soulish and embrace the spirit. And, and there's a cry in your heart. Give me change. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. That living word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What's the answer to your mountain? It's the same God gave not only the victory, but the answer for each of us. Follow the pattern. In Hebrews, that's what it says, that that Moses was told by God, see that you do all things according to the pattern. That's But yet, in that same chapter, wasn't really talking about the tabernacle it was talking about Christ and it was talking about the high priests but the tabernacle is a complete thing everything is a tabernacle the function not just the building but the function and the priests that abide there and and the work that they do and the people that come in that received the blessing that was there, all of it was the tabernacle. And so he says about Christ, who is the minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle with the Lord pitched and not man. We have a pattern. There's a, a way of life for us if we'll follow the pattern. And the pattern is, is, to respond to that grace with just repentance in our heart. And to not just come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, but to look on those around you and see their struggles And go boldly for them that they might find grace to help in time of need. Hold them up. Hold them up before God. Don't let any fall. I'll just close with just the end of Jude. 
Jude 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You being built up in, in the most holy faith, you being free to pray in the Holy Ghost isn't about you. It's about God's work. It's about the same self-sacrificing spirit that Christ gave to us. That was the pattern for us. How do you change what's happening around you? God's in charge of everything. Everything that's happening, that's God. He says, he sets the basis of men over things. God says that in his word. It's all God. So how do we change things? We go to the one who can change things, which is God. And he will have a people that will rest, will cease from their own struggles, will cease from their own opinions, will cease from their own efforts, and will embrace God and embrace the throne of God and embrace the grace that's there. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Oh, that we could love each other that much. That when we look on someone who's having a struggle, we can go right to the throne of grace and cry out to the Lord on their behalf and say, Lord, don't let them go into the fire. Pull them out so that even their garment doesn't get spotted. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Let's just uh, pray this, this evening here. Heavenly Father, we... Thank you for Jesus Christ, for the debt he paid, and for the resurrection life that came through his death. And that he offers us that resurrection life. He offers us the same spirit that he walked in, that we cannot fail and struggle and, and try to change things, but we can embrace that pattern and that spirit that is Christ and humble ourselves and pray to you, Lord, 
thy kingdom come. And encourage each other and support each other. And be that example of gentleness and repentance so that your anointing will be so pleased to come and dwell in the temple. Father, we pray for each one tonight. We know that there's many here with great struggles. And as was said, many different kinds of struggles, physical, spiritual, mental, even financial, all different kinds of things, Lord. And somehow we pray during this feast time that as you speak to us, Lord, speak to us in the meetings as you speak to us when we're fellowshipping over food, while you speak to us as we visit on the grounds. Lord, may your Holy Spirit bring such rest and such life and such a flow of the new man that will just want to drop the old man away and embrace everything that is you, Lord. We just pray that you'll just be with each one tonight. Give good rest to everyone tonight, Lord. Even those that are having trouble with their sleep, let their sleep be deep and sweet and refreshing tonight. And may your blessing go with us, each one of us tonight. We just can't express to you our love and our appreciation for all that Christ has done for us, for all your Holy Spirit is seeking to do in us, Lord, to make us in that likeness and in that image. We just pray your blessing upon us now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.